Blog Talk Radio. Good everybody. You are now live on the Middleman Radio. This is the Middleman Talk Show. You got your boy Al. This is Kevin. And this is Jim. And this is Nick. How's everybody doing? Great job, people. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before we get started, before we get started, and before Kev comes with any uh, any crazy sounds. We have mm-hmm. got to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there in the world. A very special happy Mother's Day to the matriarch of the Middleman Talk Show. Happy Mother's Day, Jen. Oh, Yay, thank happy you. Mother's Day, Jen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. And shout out to all the mothers like, who are like me who cook their oh. own Mother's Day dinner. Which I'm saying very oh, loud. <laughs> What's on the menu today, Jen? What's on the menu? Well, I had some roast and a little macaroni and cheese and some collard greens and some cornbread and some pinto beans. Oh. And I did a little potato oh. salad and a okay. strawberry shortcake. Yeah. All right. Well, not now, because I know we are still, for the most part, shelter in place. Some of y'all might know how we feel on Father's Day when it's like, oh, happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> now go ahead. <laughs> oh, I got Just one more it. thing before we get started. So, you know, well, first I want to say um, everybody, I know everybody heard about Little Richard and Betty Wright um, who mm. passed away today, which was very sad. Um, so shout out to them and their families and condolences to, you know, great musical icons that passed away. Yes. And we also got to throw Andre Harrell in that uh, speech as well. Andre Harrell, for those of you who do not know, is one of the pioneers mm-hmm. in hip-hop soul. And he died? Thing. If you didn't... Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, he did. Oh, he died no. tonight before last. Yeah. So... Um, you know, if you didn't have Andre Harrell, you didn't have Heavy D, you didn't have uh, Diddy, you didn't have Jodeci, Mary J. Mm-hmm. You know, Biggie was signed to him, you know, before he was with right. Bad Boy, uh, Dave Hollister, right. Anthony Hamilton. The list goes on and on, like, you know, Father wow. MC, you know, so we, you know, we, and I had the pleasure of meeting him um, when I was competing for a spot on his label about 10 years ago. Um, so, big shout out. 
to uh, everybody. We're thinking about, you know, all of your families, all your prayers, those famous and not famous. You know, we, we 2020, man. Rough. <laughs> But if you want if you want to have a happy note, guys, if you have not, if you have Netflix, please watch Hollywood. It was the best thing I've watched all weekend long. I've seen it. I've seen a few episodes of it. Kevin, Kevin, don't watch it. Yeah, Kevin can't watch it. I was just about to ask a question, and y'all always know where I was going with it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah, what, what y'all talking about? Nothing. Brother, nothing. Do nothing. nothing. <laughs> do not watch Hollywood. Oh, no, brother. No, no, no. Hell no. Don't watch. <laughs> Don't now, watch that one's it. not for you, Kev. That's, that's not yeah. for you. <laughs> what, 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 what is it about? It's about what we'll America about could all, be. I, 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 I. We'll talk about it off air. We'll talk about it off air. Okay, we'll talk about it off air. Just, just trust me on this one, brother. Trust me. Right. All right. Once again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Middleman Talk Show, and we definitely want to send a happy Mother's Day to all the special and lovely mothers across the world. Um. How was you all's week, man? I mean, we had a lot going on in the news this week, a lot of build-up. Um, how are you all making it through this week? This been, it's, it's, it's been a rough one, man. This has been a rough week. I can't even lie to you. Um, right. You know, it, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows the news about Ahmaud Arbery, about, you know, mm-hmm. his, Everything that's going on, man, it's 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 a rough week. Um, this this is a week that, uh, in addition to all the cases we've learned about, all the celebrity and non-celebrity deaths, it's a rough week, man. We just yep. gotta, you know, kind of keep it going. Right. It's been one for the book, that's for sure. Right. Right. And we always have to find something in which you know that does bring us joy because every time we turn around, man, it's like something that just. It just really takes something away from you, man. And it's, you know, like I just hate to, you know, I have a, you know, a news app on my phone. Of course, you get the alerts. And, you know, a lot of times when you get the alerts, you look at them. But then, like this past week, you know, I just could not stop looking at all the alerts, you know, pertaining to the case, the news, the stories, you know, what people have been saying, like the outrageous stuff people have been saying. And so, um, I agree, Nick. I agree, Nick. And I think this really pretty much spawned the conversation in which we are going to have today on today's show. Um, and and the title of today's show, Black Gun Ownership, Our Place in America's Gun Culture. So activist and journalist Ida B. Wells once wrote that every black family should own a Winchester rifle. Gun ownership among African Americans has been on the rise since the election of Donald Trump, yet seemingly black people do not enjoy the same freedom and protections as their white counterparts. With no end at sight to the negative perception, where do black people fit in this culture? Where do we fit? The Second Amendment gives, excuse me, the Second Amendment gives every U.S. citizen the right to bear arms, correct? But 
does that truly apply to everyone in today's society? So some of the things which we're going to talk about today, we definitely want to hear you guys' opinions as well, is what are the steps in which we should do to become a gun owner? And what type of gun should a first-time buyer purchase? We also want to talk about the, the Second Amendment. Like, does that really protect black people? Do black people have to, um, should we put ourselves in more danger when we um, are carrying our weapon either uh, openly or concealed? Does that put us in more danger? Excuse me. And what age should we start teaching our children? Like, that's some of the things in which has been a debate for the past couple of years. We've seen a lot of black gun owners who have been showcasing their skills with their children. Should we do that? Another great question. Should we join the NRA? What are the benefits of the NRA for colored people, well, people of color, joining? So we definitely want to Boy, get into that discussion today. Excuse me. I'm definitely way off today. But... We got a great discussion planned for you guys, and you know we really want to spread this information and make sure we can get a lot of solutions out of today's discussion. So, in reference to the question of the day, where do black people fit in gun culture in America? Where do we fit? Does the Second Amendment truly apply to us? How do you how do you guys feel about that? Well, if if I'm being honest, I think that we fit into the gun culture of America pretty much the same way we fit into other aspects of America. We have to kind of shoehorn our way in, and then there's always an asterisk with us, you know. So what I mean by that is when you look at it, um, black people have only been, you know, free 56 years in this country, <clears throat> which means for nearly every, if, if not everybody, at least everybody on this call, um, we were the first in our direct bloodline to be born with our full rights as Americans. So that, and it gives us a different perspective on it. You know, guns have always been a portion of our liberation. They've always been a portion of our, um, our, our prominence. But the perception has always been, if you see a black person with a gun, they are a danger. You know, you can see a picture of, um, of a young lady with a, with a, a rifle and she's white and everybody mm-hmm. thinks she's a patriot. You see a young lady with a gun and she's black, they say she's a thug or, she, you know, she's this or she's that. And so I think that we don't really fit into culture. We just kind of have to carve our way out the same way we've had to do in every other aspect, you know. Uh, and... and- I agree with that, Nick. Like, why do we have to do that? You know, like you said, like, you see a person, you know, who's white carrying a gun, you know, they're viewed as a patriot. But me walking down the street with a gun, I'm viewed as a person who is going to commit a crime. Why is that? Like, why is that the case? And why do they, why is that the easiest narrative to paint? Because it's been the narrative of America ever since, uh, what's that movie they watched in the White House years ago? Making of, um, Good Lord. The one with the black and white movie. Oh, um, my gosh. Just because you said it. I can't. Yeah, basically, they, they've the been portraying the propaganda in America has been that way for years and years and years. And it's not even the fact that why. We know why. It's been propaganda. you got to have a good guy and a bad guy in America. Um, right. But when you think about 
the Second Amendment, it it is supposed to be pertained to anyone that's a naturalized citizen of this country. But at the same time, when it comes to us, we've seen case after case after case. And, and it's not more so that, as one gentleman said, it's not that racism has just popped up and is more prevalent now. We can see it more because of the communication standards that we have now, phone, video, et cetera. So right. when you look at a black person walking down the street in America, the first thing they think about is he's a criminal because they've been programmed to think that. There was a situation mm-hmm. in Seattle. There was a guy. He did a test. He walked down the street with an AR-15. Yep. And there was another mm-hmm. white guy that was with him, walked down that same yep. street. The cops were like, hey, man, mm-hmm. what are you doing with this gun? Black guy came down right. that same road, get on the ground. What do you do? What are you doing with that gun? What, what's going on? Blah blah blah. So I mean, this this has been something that they've been perpetuating as far as a mind state for people all along. And we do have a clip if you guys want to play about the double standards of uh, gun ownership. Yeah, let's go right ahead. Get into it. Yeah, let's go right ahead. Get into it. Okay. All right. Here's a clip. Uh, the double standards of gun ownership. It's this double standard that has been part of the American fabric, but because of ideology, it's invisible. And we could talk about just gun ownership in the Second Amendment. There really is a double standard. The double standard is defined by race. Blacks were allowed to own guns because the Second Amendment provided for it. But we know what happened. Laws were put in place, statutes were put in place that limited access for blacks to be able to protect themselves at a time when the, the Klan ran the countryside. We have Jim Crow laws, really the black codes come on the books. 67 in California, the Black Panthers that basically uh, were in the courthouse in Sacramento were exercising their Second Amendment and within two months they changed the laws because they were seen as a threat. The Constitution was written for white free men, and there's a, it qualifies, naturalized white free men of good moral character. Between Dredd and Plessy, we know that the Supreme Court said that there are no laws of the Constitution that apply to blacks. So the idea that someone could even claim a right to the Second Amendment really isn't there. Black people and firearms, like we've had a very different history and experience with firearms, just, just experience this country in general than any other group that exists in this nation. As an organization, we want to be a place where black people can come together and we can discuss issues of gun ownership within our community and the history of that from the past all the way up to present day. I tend to be in favor of the Constitution, so because the Constitution says it's the right that people should have, I'm going to co-sign. You know, individuals, you know, they're guaranteed the right by the Constitution to have a firearm. So, you know, I think that they should be able to avail themselves to that right. He was trying to get out his ID and his wallet, out his, um... Pocket. We've all seen the video. He's pulled over for a routine. He's got a crack tail light. Um, he explains to the officer that he has a gun. And that, just that thought, changes the scenario. This man was a law-abiding citizen exercising his Second Amendment right, and he was killed by the police for no reason. There are no apparent reason, aside from what I believe the officer reacting because he was fearful. Clive Bundy, he had been on federal lands using it to graze cattle, and he never paid. He was actually, you know, shirking on his responsibility of paying the government. And then he was given a bill, and he refused to pay. And so he took this as an affront, and he challenged the, the federal government. And then people brought up uh, his, on his cause, and they, they, they came to his ranch. They came to this area armed. I mean, they were threatening federal officers with 
high-powered rifles, but yet they were painted in the press as patriots. They were painted in the press as being people that had legitimate grievances with the government, and they were petitioning the government right, by their lawful Second Amendment rights. If you were to flip that script and you had black folks armed like that, you have to imagine the outcome would have been very, very different. And it comes down to basically, who do these folks look like? It's hard to shoot someone if they remind you of your brother or your father or your, or your son. If you see someone as someone that's not like you at all or is a threat, they're gonna be treated differently. And that's where the double standard comes in. If you're exercising a right, a lawful legal right, and you're doing it the right way, you should have nothing to fear. You should have nothing to fear. Wow. Okay, so what was the guy, the rancher? That's crazy. So this is my question, right? Go ahead, go ahead. So this is my question, right? So we are trying to, you know, educate our people on having gun ownership, like hearing stories like this, uh, seeing stories that come across the news, you know, all the time. Like, what do you recommend or what steps should a person who does not have a gun or maybe who not feel comfortable owning a gun, what steps should they do in order to become a gun owner? Well, the first thing they should do is they should look up their particular state's law, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it it varies state by state. So obviously getting a gun in California or New York is much more difficult than it is getting a gun in Alabama, Georgia, or Mississippi, right? right. So, with, um, so with Mississippi, you as long as you can pass the background check, you know, you can mm-hmm. walk out of the gun. I can go into the gun shop right now, the one I always go to. I can go in there and buy a pistol, and I'm, I'm usually out of there in about maybe seven minutes. And out of seven minutes, Probably four of those seven minutes is just me picking out which gun and which ammo I want. Right. But I know people yeah. in California where it takes them up to four months to get. Well, I got a clean background, you know. So, but yeah, I, I, I know some people in California where it's taking them up to four months with a completely clean background. It's taking them up to mm-hmm. four months before they can get a gun. So the first thing right. you need to look at is your state regulations and your state laws when it comes to uh, gun ownership. Um, right. That that would be the first thing, and and then I think after that, well, even and after that, I would then try try to research what exactly it is that you're using your gun for. Are you just trying to train so that you are, you know, more well versed in handling a firearm? Are you using it for home defense? Do you want it for concealed or open carry? There are a lot of different factors that go into it, but you know, I, I tend to agree with what Ida B. Wells said, which is. Uh, every black family should own a Winchester rifle, mm-hmm. which is very significant why she said that. And that it is significant to today's time because in those times, what they pushed for black people to get were shotguns and not rifles. And there's a very distinct right. difference between the two. With a shotgun, shotgun, you're talking about maybe 50 feet, maybe 50 feet, especially then. Most of them were single shot uh, shotguns. So they really mm-hmm. pushed for that. Ida B. Wells was saying, no, I, you know, I, we need to be pushing for rifles because those rifles were stimulated. The, the, the Winchester was the AR-15 of its day, right? And the rifle shot up to 100 yards. And when you consider yeah. back then, you really had state-sponsored terrorism 
where white supremacists mm-hmm. are coming into people's houses and taking the men out mm-hmm. of the houses, taking the women out of the houses, taking the children out of the houses. Her, and, and in fact, she said this after her husband, who was a journalist, was taken out of his house and lynched. So but, it's but one I of those said things this, I have where, a quick question to, to mm-hmm. you when you say that. You, okay, so you, defend, you defending your home, do you think that's perceived the same way as a white person defending their home? If you were to shoot someone, whether white or black, well, it might make a difference if they're white or black. But if, say if um, the young guy who was jogging who, you know, was shot, if he had a mm-hmm. firearm and he killed those men, where do you think that he would be today? Would he would be, you know, somewhere sitting at home saying he defended himself, it was self defense, or would be sitting in a jail cell right now? Well, yeah, uh, he would honest, definitely I think, be in a jail cell. <laughs> if not, go ahead, it, it, yeah. It, no, but here's the thing: I, at that point, when it comes down to defending my life, I, I, at the end of the day, I have something to think about, and I, I have to be around. I have to get home to my children, right? So. At that point, I don't give a damn what your perception of me is. It, there, there's a reason that I open carry. I open carry because in those situations, and I'm not trying to talk like I'm, you know, Billy Badass or anything like that. I'm not saying that I would survive the encounter, but just like I said a few days off the air, I'm taking at least one of y'all with me. You know, I'm going to give it a fighting chance. And, and, and Ahmaud Arbery, he gave it a fighting chance with what he had to give. You get what I mean? Yeah, so for right. me, at that mm-hmm. point, when it comes down to defending my life, I don't really care what the perception is. I don't care what the perception is. It, it's just like but, what do the cops always say? I'd rather be judged by twelve men than carried by six. Yeah, you become a part of the Living Dead. Being sentenced to yeah. prison forever for probably killing one of them is is becoming a Living Dead. Uh, you know, you wouldn't go home to your family. You would be in prison well, for the rest of your life, and I th- and I think that's the dilemma too, Jen. Like that that we have. Like we don't want to go to jail because we feel that the the system is not going to be in our favor. Just like those two guys, the system was. You know, it definitely worked in their favor. The DA did not um, pursue the case. Told the police to back off. So we do find ourselves in a dilemma to to feel like, man, like if I do do something, I know my life won't be handled the same way as a person who does not look like me. Um, I know we got a caller, uh, but let's go ahead and bring in um, our caller, Bill. You're now live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Bill? Happy birthday, Jen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No problem. So uh, this this topic here is a little sensitive to me because, you know, like, ever since this, this virus has been going around, everybody's had this I guess this uh, assumption that things are going to get really bad. People are going to start ramshacking mm-hmm. stuff and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm going to be honest right. with you. I went and bought me a gun. And I thought that I would never have to do that. But, you know, with the way people, like I always tell, and, and now you can speak for this, man. I always tell people I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm more so afraid of how people are going to react to it. Yeah. And how mm-hmm. people are acting now it's just, you know, crazy. And then, I mean, you know, with this, this stuff with uh, Ahmad, I mean, that's that's even worse, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we right. can't, we can't you know, do the simple things in life and enjoy, like, just go and run. Like, it's always something. And, you know, I, I, I went and bought a gun because not just for myself to defend myself, 
But because mm-hmm. I need to protect my girlfriend as well. She's at home. And yeah. I can't, like, if something comes down to it, I need to make sure that she, at least one of us can get away from this and say, hey, you know, this is what really happened. And I think right. that, I think to, to answer the question at hand is that I think that we need to start training early. I have seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, I've, I've not seen any cases where someone that that's well-trained, that's black, that's well-trained with a gun to go out and just start mass killing people. I haven't seen that. And I think that the yeah, more... Yeah, that was one. The more, yeah, it was there one. There was one. There was one. Oh, there was yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Well, the D, yeah. Yeah, the well, D.C. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the D.C. They're going to okay, throw that out there. Yeah. They're definitely going to throw that yeah, out there. Yeah, but I think, I, think that, I think that we need some type of training. I think that we need to start training our people even more, mm-hmm. helping them to understand and understand guns, understand the laws, and then as well right. as understand the shit against guns. Like, you know, how to take a gun out of somebody's mm-hmm. hand the proper way. I think that those are the steps that we need to take. And, like, I think that was Nick that said, yes, you do need – before you even purchase a gun, and that was the first thing I went and did, I went and looked up the law for Tennessee. To, to get a gun in the law for Mississippi because I go between the two states so much and I just want to make sure that I'm protected so if I do get pulled over and my gun's in the car I know to tell the officer here I got a gun in the car, here's my license here's my carrier permit so we won't have any problems Right, so my question yeah, well, I What do you think about this bill? Can I ask him a question? What do you think about this? You follow all the laws and you research them and you look them up and you have every good intention. But when you right. pull that trigger and you go and pull that trigger against one of them, even if you are the threat, do you not think that you will? Aren't you afraid that you will not be treated with the same like adherence to the law as they are? It, you, because I, you're I, guilty already. Yeah, I, I mean. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think about that now to this day. Like, me and my mm-hmm. girlfriend had this conversation. You know, like, man, if if I if something happens, if if a white man walks in our house, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is just a, this is the truth. Like, I would rather my girlfriend walk out of their safe and me dead or both of us dead than, all of, than me and my girlfriend dead. At least somebody knows the truth of what happened. And I, I'm willing to take that sacrifice because I think that, at that time, at that moment, like, he's not worried about if his life is going to be taken. He's just worried about taking my life. And, right. and that's the same way with, with, what's, what's happened with all these other cases. Those people, they, oh, okay, he jumped on me. Amon, you, you guys followed him. You didn't worry about you. You were worried about taking his life. That was one less black person in the world that you had to worry about. And guess what? In my and first and foremost. Time, First, first yeah. and foremost, too, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, when you said that, the first thing that jumped to my mind, like, seeing the video, you got two guys against one. Why didn't y'all just jump out the truck and just start fighting? Right? You had training. guns. You are – you listen, the, po- the the operator told you not to chase him. The operator asked mm-hmm. you what made him look like mm-hmm. a criminal. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you already have that notion for me, I'm I'm gonna do what I gotta do to protect myself and my family, regardless. Like, yes, I understand. I'm I'm making that sacrifice. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna have to make that yep. sacrifice Be- for myself yep. because I want my family to I want my family to be okay. And right now, in my yep. case, 
My family may be my son. It may be my girlfriend that's at home with me. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to be able to walk away and say what happened. And trust me, mm-hmm. it won't be him if he steps in my place. <laughs> and I'm not talking bad either because I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've, I've only shot a gun once. And I don't, I don't, I don't go around boasting about my gun. A lot of people don't even know I have one, and I, 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 I rather stay that way because you know, like, I just don't want to. I don't want to come right. off as like, oh, I'm just a, a I, I pop, I pop off in a minute. No, I don't want that. But it's for protection mm-hmm. because it's right. just so much going on right now, and and this may be my scream side coming out, but man, I really feel like we're they're preparing for a war that we're not even ready for. They are they are already talking about a, 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 a race war, and we're race over war. here still trying to debate if we should get a gun or not. These people already got their right. guns. They're training hey, other people. Hey Bill, I see yeah. you on that man. I, I had a question, and I know we gotta I'm, I gotta check this other call out right quick. But uh, uh, one question I got, man, for you: What type of gun did you buy, and what was what was your decision making in buying that particular gun? And uh, have you have yeah. you been in any training or anything like that? Uh, have you, have so, you checked out your local gun range, or have you checked out any organizations near you to possibly join and get more education on guns? So I have I have a, a forty a forty uh, Smith and Western. So I went mm. I, I got my gun at the beginning, like I think right after they had they put us on quarantine, well like the state the safer at home thing. So I haven't had a gun to shoot. I haven't had a chance to shoot my personal gun yet. Like I said, mm-hmm. I, I shot a gun once. And that was that was like probably like four or five years ago now. So mm-hmm. to the point where I know how to operate my gun, like I, you know, I've been through those steps and everything. But like as far as shooting uh-huh. it, I haven't I haven't been anywhere to do well, it yet. Um, and well, I would this, love to go to a gun is, range. Right, right. This this is one thing I asked as far as why, why I asked you in particular reason why why did you choose that forty five because. You said in your statement that you want to make sure that your family was safe. If anything happened to you, is your lady friend and she prepared to shoot that gun because the forty five ain't nothing to play with. And, and, exactly. So so that was that was another reason why I got it as well. I wanted to and, and when I do go, we've already had this discussion. She's coming with me because I wanna make sure that even if I'm not like I I keep my as of now, like wherever we go, it goes with us. But if I'm if I leave the house and she's there by herself, it's there with her. Because like I said, mm-hmm. my sole purpose is to protect regardless. Right. And so even if mm-hmm. I'm not there, it'll be there. She knows where it is. She knows the box is open I, as long as I, no kids I, I are there you. and she knows she can get to it. Bill, I, I understand that. But you need to make sure you take your lady friend to the range. And you need to find that, a that, that's, 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 that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and if you get out into a range, I know we got another caller. Hold on, just real quick before we bring Finn in. Bill, if if there are not any ranges open, what you can do is you can go back to the gun shop and get some snap Uh caps, and and you can practice dry fire at home. There are several procedures, and I'll put some clips into the uh, middleman face where you can practice dry fire with snap caps at home until you can get to a range. But I I 100% agree with Kevin on that. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. All right. So we're going to go ahead and bring in our next caller, Smitty. What's going on, brother? Man, what's going on, fellas? How y'all hey, doing? Everything, everything. Hey, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm good. Hey, I'm glad you fellas able to take a break from all that heavy lifting while the mothers of y'all children probably sit at home 
drinking her fifth mimosa. You know, uh, happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there. Uh, <laughs> I don't have kids, I nothing to worry about. But uh, you know, couple of things on this, right? I don't like the brother. I can't be saying about the race war with guns. The race war isn't just about guns when it comes to white people. It's about the resources. The resources get you the guns, get you to make the bullet. Because these background checks that Bill Clinton put in, I think it was in the 90s, where uh, I forgot what year in the 90s, but you can't get a gun with a felony on your record. Yep. You can't get a gun Mm -hmm. with a felony on your record. And then a class Mm -hmm. four misdemeanor, if I got that class right, could still be looked at as a felony. You got that stuff on your record, you ain't going to get a firearm. Uh, some states are more stringent than others. Haul that plastic cold bird and see what happened about that one. Y'all remember that story? Right. It's going to the wrong no, state. Now, I live in Arizona, right? It's open carry. I always say open carry is one thing with white guys, but let a black guy walk in a 7-Eleven with a gun in his holster. See what happens. But... The problem, like, I hate when the media talk about black folks being violent. When white, when more white males go to prison for violent crimes than black people, because black people go for nonviolent drug offense. We respond to, we're the most docile group in this country. We've got to be honest about that. We respond to to murder by racists by praying, marching, and running 2.3 miles and putting on a T-shirt. Sometimes it's that you cannot appeal to the humanity of those who aren't humane. And we have to just get, just realize that and understand the plight of our situation. And I'll tell y'all this also. It doesn't matter that, that our mom got killed on video. Ask Tamir Rice's mom about Tamir Rice get killed on video. Eric Garner, Alton Sterling, mm-hmm. Michael Slager killed uh, Walter Scott, but he got a slap yep. on the wrist compared to what he should have gotten. So it doesn't matter if it's on video. When the DA is in the, was working with them, when you got the court mm-hmm. system on the same team, you're the, the, that, uh, that crap attorney working on the same team, and those uh, ambulance chases ain't Benjamin Crunk and Lee Merritt, they're all on the same, you know? And so it's, it's all a trick bag here. I think that we got to make sure our economics are up first where we can tell our stories, where we can provide firearms to protect our own people. Because, because guess who makes the guns? Who makes the munitions? Yeah. <laughs> it ain't us. Yeah, it's not us. And, 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 I, and to take it a step further, I don't know if y'all ever seen it on YouTube. Man, they are making guns at home. They're taking parts and make, I, I watched a dude mm-hmm. make a forty-five caliber gun and fire it. It was mm. a single shot, but he still made the gun, like <laughs> literally with parts hanging around his tool shed. So it's, it's, this is a whole other warfare that we're talking about. And it's, I was in one of the black gun owner groups on Facebook the other night, and I was telling them, even before you get to the combat portion of it, you know, who controls the power grid? Who controls the communication? Who controls the water supply? Who controls the food supply? Like, mm. there's a lot more that goes into it than just the combat portion of it. And then we talk right. about the guns that are purchased today. You know, we can have discussions about the AR-15s, but let's be real. Guns outlive their owners. I just, mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago, got my hands on my great-grandfather's Winchester that was made in 1865. That wow. thing is still operational. It's still operational. You can still load it and shoot it with accuracy. Guns outlive the owners. They are passed down. So we're talking about... We get to talking about this whole thing about a race war 
and 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 just like Bill said, we're still having a debate of whether we should even have the guns or not. What I do know is there's one group in America that has been free less than 100 years, and that group has been subject to people actually coming in and confiscating their guns, coming in and taking their family members out, and not rep- right. being represented in the court system. So the way I feel, and I get what Jim was trying to say earlier, the way I feel about it is I'm going to bet on me, which is why I do carry, which is why I have several guns in my house. I was raised with several guns in the house. I started shooting at 11. I've known how to operate, how to disarm someone, how to clean a gun, how to take it apart, put it back together since I was 11 years old. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take a chance on me in that situation. But y'all was raised out there in the country. But, like, for regular people that's not, like, way out there in the country, like, how do we train? You know, you, Alan, Kevin, way out there in the country. I'm from Alabama, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think You do realize I live by the beach, right? It's still country. I live by the beach. I got to run, but can I answer her real quick? I got to run, though. It's me. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say this. Uh. There are like it like some states have more stringent gun laws. And I take y'all back. Y'all remember that basketball player in Chicago years ago named Benji Watson? When he got killed, his mama oh, led yeah. the gun the gun reform. But here's an right. underlying issue. When the last time a white person got caught up with a gun charge? <laughs> you know? Uh it's always a black person who getting caught with these guns. And so what I'm saying is that like if you got like even when you live in a city, like let's say New York, for example. Besides the NYC area, a lot of that state resembles Alabama where I'm from. <laughs> so oh, yeah. there are areas where you go shoot, you go to a range, because a lot of these ranges, mm-hmm. you can even rent a gun there to just shoot and practice anyway. There, are, <laughs> Like for women, there are self-defense courses where they might have weapons as well. And, uh, and the main thing also with these guns, people got to understand, you got to make sure those guns, you know how to clean your gun as well, because learning this in the military when I was in, if you don't clean your gun, you are done. And for those out there, I say this, and I got to run place taking my call. The AR-15, nothing more than the military, the military M16, only to the M4, I think, now. But that's a gun where you got some stopping power, but it's a three-shot. You got to get to know your guns as well. And, find, and that's why you go to those ranges, to see what fits you more. Because I'm sorry, a 110-pound lady should not be carrying around Desert Eagle. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you got to know a fit for you and things like that. Right. But hey, you guys have a good one and happy Mother's Day again to the mothers out there. Hey, appreciate, appreciate you. All right. Hey, now one thing that, you know, both of our callers kind of put into light of this conversation is education. Uh, right now, we know that the NRA is one of the biggest organizations in America when it comes to gun and gun ownership and gun education. But as of recently, there's another group that came about, and it's really geared towards African-American. It's a National African-American Gun Association. They're one of the largest gun groups in America. So what we're going to do, i got a clip for that, and then we're going to come right back. And let's get more into what what does it take to own a gun? What's the educational side of it? What type of groups you should have? We have a lot of questions we need to get to, so let's make sure we do that once we get uh, back from this break right here. Here's the clip about NAGA. Not, I ain't going to say the other word, but yeah, this NAGA. 
Democrats are working to advance gun bills in Congress in an effort to pressure Republicans and the White House in the wake of several deadly mass shootings. It's a personal issue for many people, even those not touched by violence. 42% of Americans say there is a firearm in their home, according to a Pew Research study. The country's largest and best-known gun rights association, the NRA, is losing board members, but another lesser-known gun organization is thriving. Omar, Omar Villafranca went to an Atlanta gun range to meet members of the National African American Gun Association, the largest minority gun group in the country. Philip Smith remembers the first time he went to a gun range, loaded his 9mm pistol, and pulled the trigger. I felt free. I had a chance to kind of have some power in my hands. Smith turned that power into a passion and formed the National African American Gun Association, or NAGA. The first chapter was in Atlanta. I didn't think I'd get more than 30 people. In just five years, NAGA has become the largest minority gun club in the country. There are more than 75 chapters with more than 30,000 members, and over 90% of the members are black. We have folks from every walk of life, black doctors, gay, straight, Republicans, Democrats, you name it, we have it. We're not monolithic in why we're all here. We have different reasons. Why not join the NRA? Well, the NRA is good for some people that are having that perspective. Our perspective is for black folks. Nazita Davis joined NAGA to learn how to protect herself. And she's not alone. More than 60% of NAGA members are black women. I'm usually looked at it like I'm a Martian. I mean, literally, if I come in and I get ready to go into the gun range, people are looking at me like, why is she here? Black women don't shoot, but we shoot. After black churchgoers were targeted in Charleston in 2015 and the recent shooting in El Paso targeting Mexicans, members say they're prepared to defend themselves. Do you feel that in this political climate that white nationalists are emboldened to go after minority groups and you need this protection. I do. Uh, like I said, even though I generalize it's not just crime in our communities, but it's also a white nationalist. I mean, I do believe they're emboldened. And yes, I want to be armed. I want to, I'm, I'm not going now without a fight. <laughs> so I look at it that way. And so by being able to protect ourselves by training properly and getting our practice and, and learning how to defend ourselves, at least we will be able to fight back if we are attacked from white supremacist or white nationalists. NAGA promotes the Second Amendment and social justice, but Smith says he's aware of the dangers of being black and legally armed in America. He pointed to the Philando Castile case in Minnesota, where Castile, who was licensed to carry a gun, was shot and killed by a police officer during a 2016 traffic stop. NAGA immediately condemned the shooting, while Smith points out other prominent gun rights groups like the National Rifle Association did not. Them not speaking up says more to us than anything. Are you in agreement with that? I, could, I couldn't be silent. Tears came out of my eyes when I heard this brother got shot. If you're an organization that wants to get black folks to back you up, that's the best way. Speak out when you see injustice. Don't sit there silently like you don't know what's happening. Because we're a very intelligent group of folks. The group is talking about getting political and endorsing candidates, which could make them a political force. But they're not there yet. It's something they'll discuss at their first national conference next year.
Mm. All right, and you just right. uh, tuning into the Middlemen Talk Show. That was just a clip on the National African American Gun Association, and um, he brought up some interesting points. You know, those are some things which we should do. We need to be teaching ourselves how to, you know, protect ourselves and be more aware with using guns, and you know, joining that organization as well too. Um, you know, they say they have over thirty thousand members. You know, as of right now, but it's black gun ownership. The same as white gun ownership. Mm. I, I no, I, I don't know. <laughs> and and I would, but I mean, and, and I can't, yeah. I can't speak to this portion of it. So I would ask Kevin, I, I, you you are a member of the NRA, correct? Yeah, not no more. So, I didn't pay uh, my dues, so I, I let that go. Well, <laughs> and the reason. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> the the reason that I ask that is because you know you kind you have more firsthand experience with with that than 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 we do. So I would kind of lean to your expertise. I'm a member of NAGA. I'm a member of National American yeah. Gun Association, National African American Gun Association. But because of this show, Nick, I'm joining MAGA. I'm joining NAGA because of this show. I'm being real with you. Yeah, they don't represent us. The stuff that they send, even with the literature that I get in the mail, the stuff that I was getting in the mail, man, you, it's like. Okay, my name Kevin. Don't think my name. You know, I don't know what they thought I was, but I'm wondering, do they send this to everybody? Well, yeah, they're very political there, too, brother. Any, very political. But so, so Kevin, let me let me ask you this: Like, when you were a member of the NRA, are there any benefits of people of color for joining? Like, is there any no, discount? Not, not necessarily. Any... I mean, but. If you really look at it from I mean, this standpoint, Al, if you're a conservative, uh, you have a very, very conservative conservative mind state. Uh, some of the things that they talk about, which you, you know, black people are like we already know, black people are not monolithic. So some of our viewpoints are conservative, but mm-hmm. they push mm-hmm. certain things that are not really towards our betterment. Um, now, if it's for the Second Amendment, and you're a Second Amendment, Second Amendment believer, and you Truly stand on that. Oh, they pushing that hard. They pushing that hard. But like I said, I stopped paying. When I saw a couple of things, I'm gonna be honest. I stopped. Hey, I, I ain't pay no dues. I let that go. Snag a haircut. Yeah. Period. But what yeah. do people? What do people do to get us? Like African Americans, minorities. You know, there is a stigma. You know, just like the the clip right. said, like what, Robert, Cast- what's his name, Castile, the guy who was in the car with, with his girlfriend and Philando. his baby. Yeah, Philando. Um, Philando, Philando Yeah, Philando Steele. Mm-hmm. And you know, t- uh, Tamir Rice, you know, who was in the mm-hmm. park playing with the BB gun, um, which was perfectly fine. Like, what do we get because of fears of being victims, like like those men and and that child. You know, we we're we're apprehensive about purchasing a gun or joining an organization. What do we do to, to calm those fears and join and band together and help people in our community know um, about good, you know, correct ownership of guns or um, how to, you know, join one of these organizations or that they should join one of these organizations? How do we do that? I think if, if I'm being completely honest, uh, one thing that I appreciate. Uh, when I joined NAGA, the first thing that you get, you get the email with the link to all of the gun resources, to gun safety, gun training. If there are any mm-hmm. uh, gun clubs in your area, you can you can look by state. I think the biggest thing is to help 
organizations like NAGA and like the Black Gun Association of America grow. And the more chapters you have, those chapters right. which are gun clubs in themselves, they do safety courses. They do disarmament courses. They do, you know, they do gun education courses. And I think that mm. that is a large part of it, um, a large part of it. And I'll be honest, I generally will bring, will lean towards a lot of things democratic. I do not agree with the things that they are proposing in terms of gun control. Uh, but I will say, you know, even with the just the emails that you get from uh, Philip Smith from from NAGA, it comes from a place where you don't feel like you're just propaganda to help them go and lobby on behalf of gun manufacturers. NAGA is not that big, so it is all about the gun owners. The biggest gripe I have with the NRA is that the majority of their funding is coming from lobbying for those gun manufacturers. So the $30 that you pay a year to be a member of the NRA, that don't mean anything to them. That's going to keep some lights on. That's going to pay a couple salaries. Right. But the mm-hmm. big money is that what they get from Smith & Wesson, what they get from Taurus, what they get from Glock, what they get from Winchester. That And, and mm-hmm. the moment they start doing that, where they're more concerned about the manufacturers and not the actual gun owners, that's where you lose me. Fortunately, NAGA is not at that point. And so that that's what right. I think we can help that organization and others like it grow and inform people more about their rights as citizens, about how the fact that being pro-Second Amendment does not necessarily mean you're pro-Trump or anything about that. It just means you have the right to protect yourself, particularly when we have been consistently targeted in this country into fits of violence and gun confiscation. So that, 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 that would be my take on it. Okay. Uh, right now we do have a caller coming from, calling from the ATL. Naj, you're live with the middle man. What's going on, brother? No, I didn't know, man. How y'all doing? Doing well. Thank you for calling. Uh, what's up, man? But yeah, yeah man. I, I guess the, the first thing I would say, though, is no matter what rhetoric any political party says, no political party in America is taking people's guns. Like a lot of the, the Second Amendment stuff, yeah, that's a right that people should have. Yeah, that's a right that I believe in. But I know this, the majority of Americans believe in that so deeply that any party that actually went through with something like that wouldn't exist anymore. Like, it's that deep of an issue. So at a certain point, it becomes a con when we hear people talking about, oh, they're coming for your guns. I think we heard for eight years that somebody was going to come take our guns, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. that, that con is it, good for sales and everything else, but I, I pay that no mind. But everything y'all said about, you know, the NRA and organizations like it, the, the question answers itself. The majority of their constituents are what? People who are, for the most part, anti-black, which is why the brother talked about some of the rhetoric he got in the mail. And I'm sure anybody else who's flirted with that organization has seen similar rhetoric when they send you their flyers. You're like, whoa, I'm mm-hmm. not the demographic yeah. y'all chasing. So to think yeah. that they're going to risk losing those people to chase after black dollars, it's like, no, they're not. They're going to keep that base that they have. And hope black people come mm. on, but they're not going to advocate and push hard to go get black folks. So what it comes down to is that old street saying, I'd rather be be caught with than without. So I think yeah. we should get them. Mm-hmm. I think we should get them registered, yeah. legal, legit, yeah. and join the yeah. organization you guys brought up, the two organizations you talked about. Sounds like good ideas to me. I had never heard of them. Sounds like good ideas to me. Private instruction. Uh, there's a lot of people. I'm in Georgia, so it's a lot of brothers that do private instruction on their own. They you go out to the range, you sign up 150 mm-hmm. bucks, and you all clear after that. So sign up for that too. But yeah, we should protect ourselves. We should 
always be willing, willing and ready to know also that our right to have it is not going to be the same in every situation. As y'all brought up, Orlando right. Hill, multiple other situations. Like just because you purchase this and it's legal and all that, that don't mean American policy goes out the window. We know what it is day in and day out. We know where we are. Mm-hmm. So nothing right. changes with that except you have the ability to protect yourself. So salute to y'all for right. doing an important show. People need to know this thing. What was the second organization name you said? Because I, I got the first. Nag- what was so the, second the, fir- one? the first was uh, the first was Naga. The second was the Black Gun Owners Black Gun Owners Association of America. Gotcha. Okay. I I do have to push back on just one little part though, because I agree with you for sure. the most part. The reason I brought up the gun confiscation is because there have been several situations, and ironically, they put this on the Democrats. But in Republican administrations, this actually happened. When you look at the bump stock ban that came from the Trump administration, when you look at the actual gun confiscation where the police went into homes after Hurricane Katrina and took the people's guns in New Orleans, that was under the Bush administration. When you look at red flag gun laws that are in various states like Oregon, Washington, California, Arizona, New York, and Connecticut, when you look at uh, Ronald Reagan as a response to the Black Panthers, that was a direct Mm, response to the Black Panthers. Mm -hmm banning open carry in California, and then after his presidency in 94, pushing for Bill Clinton as a part of that 94 crime bill to put the ban on assault weapons. So while there has not been at mass, there have been instances where there has been an attempt to confiscate guns, and unfortunately in this country, it has usually come at the expense of black people. Okay, well let me speak to those situations, because I I think those unique situations kind of talk about how difficult this is so when you're talking about difficult situations the laws that come typically aren't rational typically aren't long-lasting are typically things that are going to be swept away sooner or later so let's go to the the panther situation in california uh black people with guns with berets and ideology scared the hell out of those people so immediately the nra got behind was the mulford act got behind it and all those Mm -hmm. people decided that they were going to change uh, you know, how guns were were handled in California. Uh, what do we know about California as far as guns right now? Yeah, they're very prevalent. They're still out there. Nothing has really changed. When you go to Hurricane Katrina, what did we see again? Psychosis, the idea of black folks coming after people and scaring the hell out of them on the news. Remember all those false stories of rape and, and murder and all those other things that turned out not to be true after Katrina was over? Similar to Absolutely. So, just like the next mass shooting we'll have, we'll see a bunch of Dems get in front of a microphone and mouth words about gun legislation, but never pass anything. Matter of fact, never really push anything forward. So I would say those are mostly Patriot Act type situations where it's a zero sum game, a, a political figure figures, oh, this is a way to make some hay, so we'll do something. But I'm, I'm talking about actual compensation, like. I'm just saying, no party is going to sign up for that in America. Like, it's it's political suicide. But I, I get your point, though, because you mix the right ingredients, a pandemic, scared people, economic fall, things can't happen. So yep. what you're saying could yeah. happen in the next few months. So I understand. And, your, and they generally come for us. <laughs> exactly. Do you guys know one, you know one slick way that they do get guns from us in our community? When they do that gun buyback stuff. When they set up in our neighborhoods, yeah. bring your guns, so, we'll pay your money for them. 
Right, yep. right. Terminology and how they put stuff out there is another way that they convince people too. Like wordplay is the like the best way to trick people, and so and you put a like a happy face with a uh, a person who is in fear on the cover. Of course, people are going to be drawn to it. So uh, right. I see we have. <laughs> I see we got another. Oh, oh, oh and, to, and uh, can, I, and can I say this last thing? Can I say this? Yeah, last yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah, go ahead. And then the whole gun, the whole gun buyback program that goes into another con that they've been running for a long time. It's, oh well, in these inner cities, we have these guns here, so we have a gun issue. We must remove the guns and, to get rid of crime. And it's like no, there's a poverty inequality issue mixed mm, in absolutely. with a what? Yeah, <laughs> oppressed yep. society right. to where then right. violence happens, and it's not because they have access to guns; it's because of everything else we listen. So yeah, that's another con that they run. When they try to present it as a gun, is the beginning of the problems. Correct. Well, yeah. nice, man. I, I, we I appreciate you for calling in, man. You're welcome to call back at any time. If you got any comments, we'll gladly have you back on, man. We appreciate you today. All right, bro. Y'all be easy. All right. Thank you. you. Just continue to listen. You ain't got to hang up. <laughs> All right. Uh, I see that we have our man, Bill. Uh, he's been sitting patiently. I guess he had a couple of comments. Bill, what's going on, bro? You had a comment? Yeah, I, listen. I want to thank y'all for this conversation as well because I didn't know anything about the uh, about Naga or the the Black Gunners uh, such. I didn't know anything about any of that, and so I appreciate you all for that. But I definitely wanted to put on your mentals if you did know about it. That um, if you you know since this pandemic has been going on, uh, some of the uh, privileged people in America have uh, seen fit to go into uh, into you know, official, state official offices or, I guess, uh, buildings and carry weapons. So, uh, Absolutely. if you haven't seen, I definitely want to just point out that um, in Michigan that a, a representative, a Democratic representative, had to be escorted in because yes. he feared for mm-hmm. her life. Right. Mm-hmm. By black gun and, owners. Uh, that's a very important part. Yep. By black, she was escorted yep. in by, by, black, black gun by black gun owners. Yes, yep. that's correct. And I think mm. I think that uh, I, I and you know just listening to that clip uh, when he was saying you know hopefully we can take we can we can start to move toward that political climate. I'm hoping that and it, I'm not saying it has to be democratic because you know like I feel and and I said this in the last show when we were talking about uh, politics. I feel like you know it, it, we need our own party and. and I feel like, you know, eventually it will, you know, we could get to that point where that's a leadway for them. That's a leadway for NAGA so they can go in and, you know, show, hey, well, we support, we endorse candidate or, you know, we endorse this this political party, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think that the uh, the need and the, the the strive for them to actually get, get behind that political field is definitely going to be big. Like they said, they spoke out about it. Not, NRA didn't mm-hmm. speak out about it, and that's that's one thing that stood out to me. Like the fact that I understand you may not you may not say openly that you're you're against you know that some of your ways are against the black uh, black people, but the way that you don't say anything, the way that you don't speak out about these issues, is showing us that you are for it. You you're, you're not against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and silence silence is a is an agreement. One thing about it, though, Bill, make sure you go check out those organizations, and when you join, make sure you post it up on our Facebook page. And that's one of the things I'm going to do. For this particular show, when I join NAGA, I'm posting up, not my membership card, whatever they give me. I'm not giving you all my identification. 
and I'll be answering that. <laughs> I'm going to post it up right. on the page so y'all can see. I'm dead serious about this, and I would advise everybody to do your research on the different organizations right. and join, get educated, get out to these gun ranges. matter of fact, me and my family, we're already scheduling an outing uh, where I'm taking my family. We're all going to the gun range, and we're going to let something off. Just letting you know. Jen, you're welcome to come, too. Just come down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just saying. Um, one other, I got one other clip, uh, if you guys don't mind, that we can play real quick. Uh, yeah. Hold on one second. I, I hit the wrong button. Uh, got one. That, have y'all, are y'all familiar with a, a movement called Black Guns Matter? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so this is a young brother out in Cali. I mean, well, not in Cali. He was in Cali on this particular clip, but he moves around the country. Uh, he does education for uh, groups of people just like the bill and, and Nas was talking about. Um, so I'm going to play this clip, and then we're going to get right back into this conversation. I hope that you guys are educated with this. Well, hopefully we can bring more information. Uh, Nick turned me on to a group on Facebook, Black Gun Owners. I would love for some of that group to bring them, to bring them on this show. Let's talk about this because there's a lot more education that we can do towards gun right. ownership. Now, we can talk about the things that can happen around it, like race war. That, that race war stuff, that's fine, cool, dandy. But before we get to that, we need to know why we got a gun, how to use this gun, mm-hmm. how to be safe with it, and the law. Preparation. We have to know these things. If we that's don't, right. we're we messing ourselves completely up. So I'm going to play this clip, and then we'll get right back into this conversation. People in our hood are getting murdered regularly by corrupt portions of law enforcement. A history of gun control is a history of racism. I'm not in the business of trying to convince somebody that my life matters. My black gun will make you very well aware that my life matters. This right here is why you're getting your head blown off. Rapper and civil rights campaigner Marge Touré has made it his mission to bring firearm knowledge to America's inner cities. He believes that years of prejudice have convinced urban black communities to associate gun ownership with crime rather than a legal and rightful way to defend yourself. The problem is the lack of information and education about firearms and safety. In urban communities, there's a deliberate attempt to keep that information away from those highly populated areas because it's not about gun control, it's about people control. And that's the problem. Marge is touring the U.S. teaching people in urban communities about their Second Amendment rights. He argues that more legal gun ownership and knowledge about firearms will make communities safer and has called his campaign Black Guns Matter. Black Guns Matter, we're a firearm safety training and education organization. Officially, we started about a year ago. Um, Unofficially, we started way before that. We go to areas where there's uh, high urban areas, high crime areas. We inform people in those areas about their Second Amendment right, firearm safety, and just train them in the proper use, storage, and handling of firearms. For the next two days, Marge is in Compton, an area known for its high crime rate. In 2016 alone, the homicide rate tripled. In addition to spreading the word about his campaign, he'll be meeting with local groups and running a firearm safety and training event for local residents. I think I see Black Guns Matter progressing because more and more people from an urban demographic are getting more educated and informed, and they're being more safe. I believe that that will cut down on homicides, fatalities, accidental deaths. How does it relate to your own background? I've been the same person from that urban environment. I've been the same person that was told, you know, 
oh, guns are bad, firearms are bad, they have to be the bad guy or you're, you know, law enforcement. And that's just a lie. It's just not true. So what about people who say, essentially, that more guns means more death? Our argument isn't there should be more or less firearms. Our argument is education and training about the firearms that are here because the people are missing the information. My viewpoint is people should be more educated about firearms. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to purchase one. That doesn't mean that they have to agree with me. That doesn't mean that they have to have one. All right, Black Guns Matter. And we got so many organizations that we may not know about out here, man. So we definitely need to... Put this information out there, educate our community, and uh, make sure we get up on everything, the laws, teaching our kids. I know you guys got some comments on that. Oh, for sure. Um, In terms of the laws, like I said at the beginning of the show, the first thing everybody needs to do is look up your particular um, laws for your state. Um, And that would mean, so for instance, in Mississippi, you don't need a concealed carry permit. Uh, to carry, you can open conce- you can open carry and you can conceal carry without a permit. That's not the same in Georgia. I think in Georgia, you, for open for concealed carry, you have to have a license. But mm-hmm. um, it, it just it, it varies state by state. Uh, there are laws pertaining to I know a lot of people do modifications on rifles and shotguns. There are certain parameters in which you can you know you may have to pay a tax if it gets a certain below a certain length for that particular. Uh, Firearm. Uh, the, the one thing um, I would tell you to do is say it again. Yeah, you had to pay a tax on it. I said you had to pay a tax on it. How would they know? I mean, right. with the modifications, how would they know that you, you know, shorten the length of the gun? Well, so so here's the, this is the, this is where the gray area comes into it, right? If okay, you guys remember? Uh, you remember in the '90s when sawed-off shotguns were really popular? Mm-hmm. So. Technically, they cannot walk into your house and say, oh, we got to check to see if your rifle is too short. However, if you are in a home defense situation and or any type of altercation where you use that gun, that can be a fe- that can be a felony. Like if I shoot someone like I, for one, I have like right now I have a, a Hatfield just to, so I can kind of play around with the modifications. I have a Hatfield single shot um, 22 long rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, a rifle uh, in, in the state of, well, federally, a rifle can't be under, I want to say, 26 inches because at that point it's, consider, it's considered a short a short arm rifle. Um, and if you have one of those, there is a $200 tax that has to be paid for it because it needs to be properly registered. But if I use that, if I modified that and, and brought it down under the, the 26 to 28 inches, don't, please don't give me, you know, don't quote me on that. And the police come, and we're investigating everything. They can very well measure that gun, and if it's under that amount, I can be charged with a felony. Wow! Because that's 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 illegal. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, it's worth it to just go ahead and pay the tax. But I, you know, I'm not in everybody's pocket, so you know, somebody can't take take that you know that, that 200 bucks. But you know, mm-hmm. it's all about when you like you were telling Bill earlier. You know, when you get your gun. You need to learn everything you need to know about your gun. You know, there are certain things. There are certain guns that are banned certain places that they're not in other places. You know, it, it, it really and truly depends. There are certain modifications that you cannot do to pistols in parts of the country that you can do in other parts of the country. The biggest thing is research. In this situation, Google is your friend. 
if you cannot find a, let's say you're looking for a gun, a particular gun, you can't find it around you. You cannot order it online if you don't have an SSL, which is a federal firearms license, right? That federal firearms license authorizes you to import and export guns, meaning you can go to a website and purchase a particular gun or purchase a modification. Because the funny thing, everybody talks about, oh, they got to stop selling the AR-15s. That's not even the highest selling portion of what is selling with AR-15s. It's the parts. People are building AR-15s mm. at home. You can order the parts and build it at home, which, you know, again, we, when we go back to earlier talking about that, a lot of people are doing those types of things because you can customize the gun to however you want it. So, like I said, the, the biggest thing is Google. And I, I will also say this. If you have children and you want your children to learn how to shoot, before your child touches that gun, you need to know everything that you can know about that gun, about gun safety, about gun responsibility, about the type of ammo that you shoot, proper holding, everything. Everything before you get that gun to that child's hand. So, that, and, and, you know, and it, you also need to assess if that child is mature enough because I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a numerical age that says, oh, this is the time you start training them. But if they're mature enough to right. start handling something like that. So, so to speak back on the, uh, if you were to resize your gun, this is uh, with the National um, uh, Rifle uh, Association uh, Act of 1934, and it does says uh, which levies a restrictive $200 tax on the manufacturer sale of a uh, a resize or remodified gun. So yeah, so that's mm-hmm. just base. Yeah, they showing a the length of uh, you can overall. Yeah, it can be less than twenty six inches. You was right on point there, uh, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, well, point, you know, I've been doing this show. I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, fellas, we do, ladies and gentlemen, we do have another caller that called in. We got Piante from the Midwest. Uh, he's calling in. We got a comment. Hey, you live on the Middleman Talk Show? What's going on, Piante? Pianchi. I'm doing just fine. I'm sorry. One of my favorite topics, guns. Now, the thing I'm saying here is that I'm African-American. I'm black. Blacks should have just as much confidence with the the Second Amendment as anybody else, any other citizen in the United States. When I was a kid in grade school, I used to put my carbine bolt action 22, we should shoot CBs. We should, we should have rifle practice after school. Put that over my shoulder, get on the bus, and ride to school. There were days we had practice after school. We'd practice, come back home. And I don't know if you know it or not, but uh, you have about 40, or a little over 40, black gun clubs in the United States, of which about three of them is all black female. And then you got the National African American uh, Gun Association, which has over 20,000 mm-hmm. members. With 30,000 members. And I think that's, mm-hmm. it's 30,000. That's great. Yeah. So, no. Mm-hmm. You, and, and, and yes, you should teach your young people how to use mm-hmm. guns. They may want to do it in sport, they won't, may want to do it in competition for scholarship right. and so on and so on and so on. So no, enjoy mm-hmm. yourself. So so um, 
let me ask you this: Like, what age should we start teaching our children, you know, how to utilize a gun, or you know, like the proper knowledge of what you know, using a gun in general? My grandfather, my grandfather took my eighteen ninety four lever action Winchester pellet gun for me <laughs> and hit it. <laughs> but whenever I found it, I go on the back porch. And shoot the clothespins of the ladies when she hung a washout next door in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, so I guess I must have been, oh, I had to been around maybe eight years old, or maybe nine. So no, you should know when it's time to do that, and uh, go ahead and do it. Teach your child to do. It. I tell you something else. Teach them how to. Uh, Archery, too. Archery is a good sport. Mm-hmm. And when I was coming up, they didn't have compound bows. But there's a lot of things that they can take that to the next level. There need to be more blacks applying for their federal firearms license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You need to have more blacks having gun ranges, uh, gun shops. So, no, get yeah, involved right. in those yeah. things. That's your responsibility. I don't see anything wrong with it. And, you know, you got some nuts out there that's in both colors, black and white. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's human beings. And I say if we were to have a civil war, you probably have contingents that consist of everybody, too. Black and whites fighting for what? The protection of their gun rights and 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 protecting what's theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a grandfather. And I've seen these things throughout my life. And, you know, I tell you, the, the, you United States citizens, you deserve all the privileges and rights. Yes, there's some idiots out there that would try to take it, but you don't sit down on your hands. You get up and do what you got to do the right way. That's you right. know, in St. Louis, where I'm seeing, right. you got black males that walk the streets downtown with their uh, semi-automatic uh, rifles, ARs, and out in the public. Uh, I've seen some whites join them. One white guy's got a crossbow. So... I hope that yeah. answers your question. Yeah. Oh yeah, we appreciate well, we, we, we appreciate you for calling in today. We always appreciate your insight. Um, thank if you I ever call you y'all, call back anytime. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you have. Well, if it was about guns, I knew I called. You guys be careful, right. be safe. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to everybody. All right, thank you. Have a good All one. Right, thank you. All right, so. Uh, Man, I'm I'm just thinking, y'all. Uh, this is a very great topic. I think it's very important for our community. Uh, Nick, I know you kind of got got you was kind of <laughs> taking aside to when I was laughing about you guys getting in the store seven minutes and out, but here in Georgia, that ain't gonna happen. Um, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> with our concealed carry, you can use it throughout the southeast. Uh, but I'm, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research on that, so don't hold me to that. So. Um, any other things we need to cover, y'all? Because I know there's a lot of things with this particular topic uh, that we haven't really touched or scratched the surface on, but we definitely need to make sure our community uh, is aware of the information that we're trying to present to them. Uh, what's the number well, one thing y'all think? To, um, what's the number one thing? Well, well, we definitely want them to, um, you know, definitely research the laws in your state about owning a gun, what you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, joining you know uh, the National African American Gun Association, the Black o- the Black Gun Owners Association as well too, um, and definitely get out there and 
practice, man. Like, get with your family. Now's the time. Like, we we really need to be um, getting more honed in on these laws that, you know, pertain to us and pertain to the states in which we live in because every state is different. Yeah. And so we all need to we all need to be aware. We all need to be safe, and we definitely want to make sure that our listeners have the information in which they need. We um, I would love to have another discussion on this particular topic, and hopefully we can get yes. uh, some of those people uh, to join in on our conversation. Absolutely. Uh, hey, to, and I to, just want to look it up to y'all. That. You can have if you're from another state and you're in the state of Georgia. And you have a concealed carry permit, Georgia will recognize it. Wow! So, uh, uh, so there again, 17... and, and everybody who's listening, you see how quick that was mm-hmm. for Kev to look that up. Just right. research. Do do your research, yeah. and and please, by all means, y'all, research the the caliber. If you identify that maybe this is the type of gun I want, research the caliber on it. Make sure that you have a right. brain for it. Many said it earlier, and I agree with him. If you weigh 110 pounds, you do not need to be shooting the Desert Eagle 44 mag or Desert Eagle 50 cal. That the, the, the right. Desert Eagle was actually the second gun that I ever shot, <laughs> and it put me on my behind then. Oh, I can man. handle it like a pro hey. now. Nick, they, got, they got YouTube videos of people that's 110 pounds shooting Desert Eagles, man. It's, right. it's, right. it's hilarious. Right. But they right, right. but. Train on the gun. Your manufacturers do matter. I know anybody out there who is a gun enthusiast. The running joke is uh, that high points. High, high points. points are the worst. Yeah, yeah. But I'll be honest. One of my guns is a high point three eighty. I've had it since twenty sixteen, and you know what? Never had any problems out of it. It's just heavy as all get out. But mm-hmm. research. You hit somebody with it. You gonna hurt them. But yeah, just 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 you know, research what's better for you. Maybe if if you're just starting out and you are a little lighter frame, you might want to mm-hmm. start with the 22. You want to work yourself up to. Mm-hmm. I, I live in the space of right. the nine millimeter. It's my favorite caliber. It's my favorite type of gun. Always has been. It's what I own now. I plan on getting at least two or three more of them. But you know, learn the calibers, learn what fits you, and train on that gun extensively. Right. Also, too, if you have children in your home, you definitely have to have a gun case or a gun cabinet to keep your uh, guns locked up. Safety first. Yeah. They have the uh, lock tables. They have biometric locks. They have lock safes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are not that expensive. Right. You're going to spend maybe $300 right. on a good biometric lock box. Uh, maybe about yeah. a good 40 bucks on a good lock cable uh, for a good one. And see, um, well, but I mean, there's, a lot there's of safety items uh, they they've gotten yeah, to the point do. where they a do. lot of guns they do they will come with when you get your box or your case you've got your uh, your gun cable in there so I mean you mm-hmm. it's not just a, a pretty orange thing for you to for you to have At times a little change mm-hmm. though because for me the gun when I was growing up we had six guns in the house and the only I guess you could call a gun case the closet <laughs> or the top drawer on that top in the shoebox <laughs> right the, in right the shoe the on the top of the cabinet <laughs> right right. <laughs> Right, right, but you know, the, the, but to, to your earlier point, the safety was stressed in the household. I was the youngest one in the house, and I knew how to properly handle all of them. So, but you know, when you guys are just starting out, yeah, definitely keep it locked. Don't you know? Think about the safety. If you're getting oh, it for safety, you have to look at all aspects of safety with it, and that includes right. protecting the people in the house with it. 
That's correct. All right, Al. Let them know what we talked about oh, today. Oh, man. Well, we definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in. We had a great discussion on black gun ownership, our place in America's gun culture. We had a discussion on uh, the Second Amendment, like whether or not that applies to uh, applies to everyone, meaning people of color as well, too. Now, we all see things in, in the news this week, you know, that, you know, sparked this conversation. So we discussed about, you know, black ownership versus white gun ownership. Um, we also talked about whether or not um, – like what steps we should take to become a gun owner? Like what should we do when you are a first-time uh, gun buyer? What type of gun should you purchase? Uh, we also talked about the National um, African American uh, Gun Association as well, too. You guys can definitely look that up. We will share that information on the Middleman Talk Show page as well, too. Uh, you can also look up the Black Gun Owners Association as well. And join those organizations. Become a member. Um, they need our support. We need their support. We need that information. So we'll have that information on the Middleman Talk Show page. Uh, you can definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well, too. Check us out next Sunday, too. We may have – well, we definitely will. I won't say we may. We definitely will have another great discussion. But we may continue this discussion next week because this is something that we definitely need to continue to talk about. Um, thanks for all our callers who call in today. Uh, Bill, Naj, uh uh, Piante, as well, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I apologize. Uh, we definitely appreciate their comments and their knowledge for today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, this is like we haven't done a show this long in a while, but I mean, it, this was a great topic. Uh, thanks for coming up with this topic, Nick. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that. We want to make sure our community is educated in these trying times. And uh, y'all be safe out there. You know, regardless yeah, if you have a firearm Please. or not, y'all be safe out there. Uh, you know, if you want to go old school and get a black jacket, knock somebody outside their head, do that. You know, just be safe. <laughs> Man. Just saying. Like, they still kind of like you got to have security with you all, all the time now. You got to have security with you all the time now. Mm-hmm. Don't go no way by yourself. Go old school, man. Get some people with get you. Get some brass knuckles. Get some brass knuckles, some mace. You know, like get do you we a need flip, to be on, a, a on Facebook blade. Live everywhere we go now? Huh? <laughs> like, do we do we need to be on Facebook Live everywhere we go now to be protected? I mean, what? Hey, police, are you joking? But now, dead serious. The police pull you over. You better hit that button. Man, yeah. they got a, they got a couple of apps out there. If you get stopped by the cops, you hit one button. It uploads into the cloud. They can't destroy your phone. I forgot the name of the app. But if your kids or you ever pulled over by the police, please search that app. You hit the button mm-hmm. and transmit. I want to say, uh, what's that? What's the name of the? Uh, it's a group uh, that the Civil Liberties Group is one of those groups. But they have an app mm-hmm. that as soon as you get pulled over, you hit the button. It records everything. They can't if they destroy your phone, they don't have that information. So yeah, look that the, up. Uh, ACLU was it the ACLU? ACLU. Yeah, ACLU. yeah, some tied in with them. Yep. Hmm. Something tied in with them. But a uh, great show, we'll guys. Great show. Uh, I would tell y'all Happy Mother's Day, but Jen, you know I don't celebrate none of these holidays. It's going down. Oh, Lord. <laughs> May take us out, man. See y'all next <laughs> Sunday. Terrible.